Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1962. The album is Borges Beck. The artist is Victor Borga, and my guest is Wayne Fetterman. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. This is my first time here. Yes. First time on this podcast. And I'm refusing to show you the office. I, right. So we're <laughs> we're annexed out here in the living room, which uh-huh. is beautiful. There's a lot of holiday decorations going on. We're clearly Jewish. Right. Super Jewy. Super <laughs> Jewy. I see Snoopy. I see. Yep. Uh, all right. Isn't the, how long have you been married now? Uh, two and a half yeah, two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years this That's month. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's good. I enjoy. Congratulations. It. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank I'm you. not. I'm single, so maybe I can get some uh, dating tips for me. Okay, sure. Yeah. What yeah. What do you want? What are we looking for? First of all, show the ladies your Victor Borga album. That'll that'll be. Yeah, they'll love that. <laughs> they will <laughs> love that. First, and I have to say, I kind of feel a little honored that you don't even know this album. Yeah. No, you now, just, tell just, me, let's talk about comedy in general, sure. and then we'll get to, to Borga's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, as far as Victor Borga, though, my experience, I think, growing up was two, the two things I remember is seeing right. specials on TV. There yes, might have been the like PBS. Life, they so, did a lot the of PBS. Yes, yeah. uh, but I didn't watch them watch them. My parents weren't watching them because my parents would have probably thought it was lame. I disagree now after listening to it. Uh, <laughs> but then my best friend liked it, and much as I love my best friend, I didn't. Wait, where did you grow care. up? Upsta- oh, upstate New York. And I'm going to guess. Okay, go ahead. New Paltz. No. Further. Uh, Less y- further. 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 It's pretty deep. Lake George. Mm-mm. That further. Mm-hmm. Because I was a camp counselor in upstate New York. Okay. At Racket Lake Boys Camp. Do you know where that is no in the Adirondacks? that is. Do you know where Brant Lake is? No. Wow. See, here's the problem. Where I'm from, that part of upstate New York, not a great educational system. So right. my knowledge of my own geography, kind of poor. Kind of poor. All right, tell me where you're from. Uh, Oneonta. Oneonta. That's, that's not where I'm from, though. By the way, seen, it's right by the, the Cooperstown, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the Oneonta Yankees play. Sure. They're you know, uh, Don Mattingly, do you mm-hmm. know that name at all? Of course I do. Yeah, he started there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. He played. Uh, One or two guys the, started. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, you definitely played the Oneonta Yankees in mm-hmm. the late 70s. I think now they're the Tigers, officially, if I'm not mistaken. Have a, t- a farm they, team there? They've, they've, they've changed over to the Tigers. They're no longer the Oneonta Yankees. I think they changed to the, the gotcha, Tigers gotcha. for whatever sorry. friggin' reason. No, guys, we've just lost a lot of our listeners I'm who so don't want to hear about sports, mm-hmm. don't want to hear about baseball, or Mr. <laughs> What's in his name? Donnie Baseball. Donnie, that was his nickname. Donnie um, Baseball. Yeah, Don see, that's, the, that's now the, the extent of my sports okay, knowledge anyway. So I he spent it. it. I also went to, uh, I didn't get a great education. I went to a place called South Plantation High School in Florida. Mm-hmm. But I feel I feel like I'm self-taught. Okay. That's uh, sure. But go ahead. Let's, mm-hmm. let's start talking about comedy. So you're let's in on Oneonta. Mm-hmm. You're like getting a bad education, and uh-huh. you're listening to comedy albums. <laughs> and I'm technically not even from Oneonta, but yes, and I, I listened. Like I wasn't even listening to comedy albums yet, but my best friend liked. Who's Victor this Borga. guy? His name is Dan. Dan. Where Bill is Miller. he? He right now lives in uh, Idaho, Boise. Would you ever think of doing like a podcast with him? Oh, we do every week. We talk about our sketches going back to when we were 13. Love it. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's so much fun talking about the garbage we made when we were kids. Oh, it's so much fun. Okay, I like the way you diminish it, but yeah, well, it everyone has to, to start somewhere. I mean, well, you know, it was you know, it was you, you got to pick apart your own stuff, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? You get it. This oh, I forgot to bring you my comedy album. Oh, speaking of like old, our older comedy, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm gonna bring it. It's okay. in the car. Oh, okay. Cool. Can I bring it in? Yeah. Later. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. No, go leave now. I'm we'll, just we'll saying. Take a break if you don't talk. want it, just tell me. Tell <laughs> no, me. I do. I've been looking forward to okay, it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, and uh, no, you, any, anyway, yes. Dan liked Victor Borga. I'm like, that sounds like old people stuff. So I didn't listen to it. I didn't bother. It and is old person stuff. It is, but like, I don't know. There's some really good stuff on here. Some Thank you. Really Thank good you. shit. I'm glad you picked it again. Like. It's something that just would not have occurred to me to pick up, and I'm like, is and I didn't know what to expect. Like, well, it's not his it? first album. Sure, no, not not remotely. He yeah, had a ton, a ton of albums. Yeah, in the '40s, mm-hmm. he had uh, <clears throat> those record sets. What do you call those? Like, there was like five discs. Yeah, yeah, were yeah. Were those 33s? No, those were 78s. Those are 78s, and, but they okay. were basically singles, and that's where they got the name album from. Yeah, I think. yeah, it was just as, putting them together. Yeah, exactly. I would love to have some of those. But Borga, what's interesting about him, if you don't know anything about him. I know very little. Denmark. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. He's from Denmark. Although, I feel like part of this story is a little 
made what's the word when they when they fancifies a story it's a little apocryphal i don't know if apocryphal I, mm. that might be the right word uh, it's probably not he as legend has it he was a child prodigy okay. on the piano then found out he could be funny and started doing like these comedy films and stuff in right. 1939 hitler invades I guess Denmark, I'm not sure exactly, Holland, I'm not sure how it all works. And then he escapes with his wife, who's American. So, but supposedly he didn't speak a word of English, came to New York with $25 in his pocket, learned to speak by sitting in the movie theater and watching the same movies over and over again. Holy shit. That's how he learned the language. And as you'll see on this album, a lot of his stand-up comedy comes from the intricacies of the English language. I know. I, that's what crazy. struck me. That is one of the first things that struck me. <laughs> so it's like that that guy learned it at age whatever, 30 or something like that, or 29, from just watching movies and came up with these two classic bits that apparently he used to do at parties, and then he got on the radio. He was on the radio within two years of immigrating to this country and, Jesus. and had his own radio show within five years. Like, that's <laughs> wow. insane he was. So, uh, so he was a real... Interesting immigrant story, uh, Victor Borga, and then he toured right until he died at age 90. Right. Like, was always doing dates. I remember that. He's had a great expression about, you know, these guys that grow up poor, mm-hmm. like, they have, like, like if you offer a month, like, they want to work. They want the money. Mm-hmm. They want the money. Uh, and so he would say that if he turned down dates, it would bug him because he felt like, the night's sleep in his bed was costing him, was right. costing him money. Right, right, right. That's <laughs> How crazy! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not realizing, oh, you're set, Victor. Uh-huh. You are set. <laughs> right. But uh, so anyway, he was a classical piano player who ended up doing stand-up comedy as well. Yeah, that's the background. What else do you know about him besides he would honestly? Be for your that's it. Thing. That and what I just heard. Right, and also I, my parents had this album, so it wasn't was even an album okay. I bought. I was a, I, you know, I was way more into. Like um, Bill Cosby, and then when Robert Klein and mm-hmm. Pryor and Carl, well, all of those guys, Cheech and Chong, like mm-hmm. like what I would call kind of late mid to late seventies kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in high school, I discovered this album, and I've always loved it. My first choice was another album, but everyone does it. What's the name of that album? Which one? I don't remember. Comedy Minus One. Oh, sure, yeah. You yeah, everyone that, yeah. does that album. Yeah, but you only this one? year. Only this year have we Really? Done. It's, yeah, two What are the most it. popular albums that are done on this podcast? Uh, before the Cosby thing, himself would have been one that people really liked. Which one? Oh, himself. The Bill, al- Bill Cosby himself, yeah. Now, is that the recording of the movie? As far as I know, they're the same thing. They yeah, are the same It is the audio of Because that. Richard Pryor's constant. CD, excuse me, album, double mm-hmm. album called Wanted, yeah. which came out the same time as Live in Concert. Mm-hmm. Basically the same material, but different Slightly shows. Slightly different. Okay, I was wondering. Yeah. Okay, because I've never seen it. I've only heard it. You've never seen it? I've only heard it because a guest picked it. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll, I'll listen to it. To all four sides of it? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you, and I know this is called Comedy on Vinyl. Yeah. So you only listen to it on vinyl? You don't have, because I only can give you a CD. No, I've Are you going to be it. disappointed? No. Are you going to be crestfallen? Slightly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No. I made a short visit to Las Vegas. I was invited out there for some negotiations about a contract. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you ever been to Las Vegas? Uh, two of you. <laughs> well, I really was amazed. This is not a commercial, of course, for Las Vegas, in spite of the fact that I have enjoyed many hours out there, long hours, and um, late hours. But uh, the service is marvelous. I didn't expect it to be like that. The first morning we were there, my wife called down and asked for room service, and a half hour later, they sent up a table and a dealer. Because my wife doesn't gamble, so she sent the table back. But yeah, that, I mean, that, that's one of those things too. It's like I didn't grow up listening to Richard Pryor either. Like, Who did I, you listen to? Uh, Carlin. Uh, the first stand-up I ever really listened to was Billy Connolly. 
Wow, that's yeah, yeah. right. That's interesting. my parents love. Like I was born in England and we uh, lived there for a couple of years, and then so my mom was obsessed with. Yes, she's a bit of an Anglophile. Yep, yep. And yep. so we listened to that, and then uh, Carlin, Cheech and Chong for sure. Cheech and Chong is how I made my best friend. Like Cheech and because Chong, you guys Al. would do skits together. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Cheech, what is your favorite one? I have a couple in my head now. Mm -hmm. There's three in my head that are just percolating. Well, the one that we did most often together was Pedro and Man at the Drive-In. Yes, yeah, every, yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's unbelievable. A it's a two-guy thing. Like yes. you can play it. Like it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant, and it's so brilliantly produced. <laughs> and I will never get the producer on my podcast because he's produced a million other things that, like, musically are like. Perfect. And tell perfect. me, tell Lou me. Adler. Lou Adler. Oh, Lou Adler. Yeah. From the Laker games. Yeah, there you go. You don't know him from the Laker games? <laughs> I He's don't. the guy that sits next to Jack Nicholson That's what I figured, at the yeah. Laker games. That's what I figured, yeah. So Lou Adler was the producer yes. of those? Yes. Okay. I want to know. I want a breakdown of how those were made, but I don't I don't think he'll ever do it. Uh, Why uh, not? Well, he's one of those guys whose agent, who's probably well-meaning, is just like, you know, it's, it's just hard to get but through. But he's kind of semi-retired now. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, wow. Even though I just interviewed the guy with no problems, the guy who produced every Monty Python album except for the first two. Right. He talked to me over I feel Skype like for... Lou, I Because I feel like no one wants to talk to Lou Adler about that. <laughs> they want right. to talk to him right. about the mamas and papas and yeah. things like that. Yeah. We just watched The Wrecking Crew, and he's one yeah, of the best Yeah, he's all over it. The Wrecking yeah, Crew. Yeah, and right. I love him. I'm like, fuck, and this, all it's doing is eating at me that I can't interview the guy. Oh, uh, I think that's doable. Don't give up on that. I won't. It's just got to be like. Don't give up on. Got to do it the right way. I got to meet somebody who knows him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he should. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it'd be a it'd be a really fun episode. Now I, I read in this yeah. book called The Last Laugh. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with it? I'm familiar with it, but I don't know if I've read it. Uh, came out in 1975. Phil Berger wrote it. In that book, they claim Cheech and Chong lifted a lot of material from. I, it was one of those, either the credibility gap okay. or Ace Trucking Company or one of those Interesting. 70s. Yeah, and they kind of copped to it Yeah, in the book. That's funny. Yeah. Fuck, I've got to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. had no idea. So, um, yeah, they were great. Okay, so the, here's my other Cheech and Chong bits I love. Obviously, Basketball Jones, because sure. I play basketball. Um, Sister Mary. Elephant? Yes. Yes, of course. It's crazy. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And also the drug dealer at the door. What is that called? Uh, what is it actually called? What Everybody is calls it Days Not Here, but I don't know what it's actually here, right? I don't know what it's really called. <laughs> I'm sure there's another name for it, but yeah, I fucking love that. Bit. Those are just off the top of my head. Yeah. And the one, obviously in the trunk of the car going through the drive-in. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's brilliant. That's, uh, that's, I'm trying to, like, those still stick with me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're listening to those. Yes. You're listening to Carlin, you said? Yeah, Carlin. A lot of Carlin. Which Carlin's? Uh, Class Clown. That's it. That's all my mom had. Class Clown? Yeah. So I listened oh, to that over and over again. There's some dirty words on Class Clown, oh, yeah. right? That's why I loved it. That's why my mom wanted me to listen to it. She was cool. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that and the Smothers Brothers. Like That's like kind of the opposite Oh, which end one? The Live at the Purple Onion? Live at the Purple Onion is the one that I think she had. Because I, I have had a big comedy record collection as yeah. a kid, so I know most of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live at the Purple Onion was the one I listened to mostly. And what track do you like on that? Oh, that's almost impossible. Uh, except for, I think it's Dance Boatman Dance. I think it's the one that probably sticks All in my right. head the most. Is there is that is that the one where he goes take it no, no, uh, no I think that's that might be boil that cabbage down yes I yeah. think maybe I could be wrong it's been a while since I've listened uh -huh. because I don't listen to stuff enough anymore right uh, no but that one just I really like the joke yeah, because they're being them. facetious yeah. yeah they're saying like they're being dirty but not being dirty mm -hmm. and I loved that I'm like oh that's so fucking great and it's always interesting that uh, Tommy is older than Dicky that's weird and Dicky's the authority figure that's in the so comedy. That's very that strange. Weird, it but is. It's unusual. It's, it's unusual. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's unusual. Uh, yeah, you, love those. Had a bunch of their albums. Mm -hmm. Have you uh, met any of these comedy heroes, though? I'm curious. I got Victor Borges autograph oh, when I was a kid. That's great. Um, I uh, I don't think I've met the Smothers Brothers. Mm -hmm. I talked to Carlin, met him twice oh, in my life. Oh, my God. Saw him do stand-up a number of times. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm so jealous. I didn't even get to see that. Oh, I saw I, this was the thing when I started out. Mm -hmm. I made it a point. Like, I passed at the comic strip in 1982. Mm -hmm. But I really made it a point, even before then, to see as many, especially the older comedians. So I saw Byrne, George Burns do stand up. Shit. I saw Johnny Carson do stand up what? an hour. Yep. Oh, my God. 
I saw in person uh, Steve Martin do stand up, mm. which he ended in like, what eighty one yeah, or two, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, never saw Albert Brooks, unfortunately. Yeah. Never saw Freddie Prinze. I mm-hmm. could have, but I didn't. Um, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. What? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap! They were dead in '78. So yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. So I saw him. They both George died. Jessel. They... <laughs> no, Charlie McCarthy. Okay. George Jessel. Do you <laughs> even know George Jessel? Yeah. Live? yeah. Doing what? He's just. He, he was part of. There was this crazy show. Like this, you could do a podcast about. Mm-hmm. Do could do some research on it. Called Roy Raiden. Remember the name Roy mm-hmm. Raiden. R A D I N. Mm-hmm. Vaudeville like something. Vaudeville tour. Mm-hmm. And it had different cast members in different cities. Yeah. It was basically a scam because they would because <laughs> they had this show. They do it in a big theater, and then they had uh, they would sell ads. They would make it like a benefit for the policemen's union. Okay. But it really wasn't. Right, 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 right. Anyway, Roy Raiden ends up getting killed by the mafia. Killed. Murdered. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't know exactly what, who he double-crossed. Any. So on one of the Roy Raiden vaudeville show was Milton Berle hosting it, Donald O'Connor, the Hermonocrats, and George Jessel coming out and did, like, I don't know, 15-minute comedy thing and then sang uh-huh. some patriotic song and sure, sure. a poem. And, yeah. <laughs> Like, just like, but his old, like, shticky. Well, he used to, you know, I don't really know what his act was. I don't know that much. I only know one joke he ever did, and that's through, it's via Billy West doing him. So, like, it's right. the only <laughs> one I know. So I don't know it first person at all. Yeah, I I mean, everyone knows the voice of George Jessel. Everyone, mm-hmm. That voice still lives yeah. in cartoons and stuff. But he um, he had a, actually a very a comedy routine he used to do where he would, uh, in the style of, Later made famous by um, why am I blanking on his name on the telephone? Bob Newhart mm-hmm. and uh, Shelley Berman. Sure, okay. Where yeah. he would talk, to, you would just hear half the conversation. Yeah, and it was like, "Hello, mom, it's me." Yeah, Georgie, you know, from the check every mm-hmm. week. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he did one. Of, it was yeah. So he did one of those in the twenties, and then you know he's a Broadway guy. So he did a little of the, the telephone and a little of just it was a, it was like kind of like his greatest hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he sang a Jolson song. Right. Because he loved Al Jolson. Sure. And that was his. Wait, when is this? Late seven? Mid- this is no. This is seventy six. Okay. Seventy seven. Excuse me. That makes sense for like the vaudeville resurgence thing. No, okay. he was just trying to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. That's it didn't so work. funny though. But I was a huge Milton Berle fan, uh-huh. so of so that made me really want to see Berle live, and, and so uh, yeah, so I had seen Berle, I had seen Berle live before that, anyway. mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I've seen a lot of, so I saw a lot of those uh, comedians. It was fun. It was fun. That's amazing. That's, so so you, when did you first see Borg alive? Then I saw Borg alive in when I was still in high school in '76. Okay. Yeah, at the. I want to say the War Memorial Auditorium. Uh-huh. Like there was like these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they still exist. <laughs> they were, it was a war memorial for I guess World War One or World War Two. Sure. I'm not sure. And he came there, and it was great. It was phen- phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. Did yeah. you do kind of the same stuff? Or well, he's I was curious. You like. know, I I'm a big fan of his because I do play piano in my act now. Mm-hmm. He um, he had about. He had about when it's like about three hours of material that he would recycle cycle through. Okay, okay, that's not true. But yeah, I say about three hours, mm-hmm. and that he developed. But his main stuff that he developed were right from the beginning: the yeah. inflationary language, yep. which he does on the album. Sure. And there was another thing called phonetic punctuation. Do you know that bit at all? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That become, was the thing I was always familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he was famous. I never thought. I always thought inflationary language was so much better. I think so. Yeah. Than uh, phonetic punctuation punctuation but he would do yeah he would just do every like joke about the music you know there used to be just one white key <laughs> and then the guy a guy came along and invented the uh i can't remember what the joke is he invented the uh the slats or something like that mm-hmm. and like and it was just great donkey serenade madam 
Will you repeat that, please? Tit Willow by Gilbert Sullivan. Tit Willow. Could you tell me, madam, how do you spell willow? <laughs> if somebody should find my notes after the performance, <laughs> might never come back in here again. another joke he used to do the uh, the Steinway piano company would like me to announce that I will be playing a Baldwin piano <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> so it was all gentle yeah. it was never dirty mm-hmm. and I don't know I just loved it I just loved it and also he what he cracked you know as I got older and like what did this guy do that was so great is like classical music and is also formal mm-hmm like usually, there's a guy in a tux playing it or something like that. So, it, sure. so that he was, it was much easier to kind of like pin, put a pin, you know, pop that balloon time and time again with the yeah. formality and falling off the, you know, the stool and stuff right. like that. Right. But um, yeah. So anyway, that's how I you got. And he's still an influence to this day. To this day, it's just not something I hear. It's Victor the first Borga. time anybody's ever brought it up. Yeah. And that's why I think it, And honestly, like, if I, my first thing were not to see anything where there's ever been a piano on stage with you, right. I wouldn't necessarily assume you like Victor Borga. You shouldn't, but I shouldn't assume what you what your influences are. Right, it is, right. It is shocking. But also, there's a little bit of, I mean, to a lesser extent, uh, and I never saw him perform, obviously, is uh, Chico Marx, or Chico Marx, mm-hmm. is actually how I pronounce it. Like, in fact, I put up a instructional video on YouTube it has over 100,000 hits now on how to pay, play piano in the style of Chico Marx. That's awesome. With the shooting of the keys. I yeah, don't know yeah, if yeah. you even know what I'm talking no, about. No, of course. But, Are you kidding? Um, yeah. So. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. I, so I've always liked music. And as you'll see when I, you listen to my comedy album, I used to play electric ukulele. Like awesome. That was my thing. And mm-hmm. then. I've since switched over to piano. This is boring, but no. keep going. Keep no, no, going. no. How many comics ha- can say? First of all, that I have a uh, the kind of compendium that you're releasing, but that also I used to play electric ukulele and now I'm now I'm playing piano. Playing, playing piano. Yeah, no, I mean that's not a lot of people. Yeah, can say I that. just did it on the Tonight Show, and that was the <coughs> first time I'd ever done a late night set mm-hmm. using the piano, and that was thrilling. Yeah. Oh my that's god. So good. Thrilling. Thrilling. Thank you. Thank you. I I I I like. There's this thing listening to this that I'm I'm really kind of upset that I didn't listen to this kind of stuff as a kid because his jokes are like super nerd jokes like they're really just like picking apart language in this way where I'm like oh I would love this shit yeah 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 Yeah, and and some of his jokes are more clever than like funny yeah 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 absolutely but but the crowd they and I, I don't know I mean this album has been released a couple times under different titles okay that makes sense so it's also Borg is back and great moments in comedy and another one called uh, like the Borgian effect or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, I don't I think it's recorded in Buffalo. Like, cause he mentions Buffalo. A yeah, he does. Times. So it's gotta be, I would hope. But, I'm, anyway. but it might've been a compilation of a number of stops. Mm, mm-hmm. it's, I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 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 And then it was an MGM that was only like, did one album with those guys. Cause it was on Columbia. Okay. And then it was on, like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the number of albums they listed on Wikipedia were too many to count. There were 30-some or something like well, that. Well, yeah, Some everyone thinks amount. that, uh, yeah, the comedy album started with uh, Mort Saul in 1958. Right. right. He had comedy albums in, you know, 1946. Of course. 40, maybe even 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, Most of them before were... there were long-playing albums. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, uh, I mean, that was back, like, that's kind of what, uh, I mean, iTunes is kind of now sort of, it's like if you want the whole thing, you can get it. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's it's very similar. Yeah, he has a. Um, you, I don't know if you know this about Borga, but he, if you read his Wikipedia, you do that. He holds the record for the longest running one man show in the history of Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. Um, there is okay. So he does a bit. 
I don't. I don't know if you want. It's. It's. If I say track by track, they're so generically named. These right, tracks, right, right. It's right. impossible. So yeah, I think we should just go over bits like your favorite bits. But there's <laughs> well, one, my favorite. Yeah. I'll tell you my favorite bit. My yes, favorite bit do. is the inflationary language. Okay. So it was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. I actually have somebody gave me one of his old '78 albums. Awesome. I haven't heard it yet because yeah. I don't have a '78 record player sure. anymore. I assume you do. <coughs> I wish. I wish. You I don't. need one. Yeah. So I want to hear what. That bit sounded like. Now, are you familiar with the inflationary language? The bit here's I w- I can almost me- I almost have it memorized. Uh, this is how he goes. It's something to the effect of, you know, there's a infl- there's a lot of inflation where everything keeps going up. What if that was applied to language? Like, because there's certain words that have numbers in them, like before, create, and so on and so forth. And what if you added one to each of these before it would become a five, create would become Cree nine, and so on and so fifth. Mm-hmm. So that's the, and then it would just read the story. There was, you know, twice upon a time, there was a young Lou Levinant in the Army Air Fives' named Bob. <laughs> like, so it's like a very fun, like great little thing who lived in sunny California with his sister Anna. And <laughs> uh, they've been very, uh, uh yeah, yeah. So that's basically the idea of the bit. Mm-hmm. So I'd always loved that bit. I just thought it was like precise, and there's like he really gets into great little turns in it. And there are two parts in it too where Tell he me. quote unquote makes a mistake, and I'm sure those are planned. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. it. I think it's perfect because it's like that helps that bit play off is totally yeah, you yeah. know not improvised but unrehearsed. <laughs> it's so great, you know. And two dumb mistakes too. He's like, oh, I mean, blah blah blah. blah. I yeah. don't remember what they are, but it's fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like he's doing the math right then as opposed mm-hmm. to having the right, whole thing yeah. written out <laughs> that he's been doing on the radio. He did it on the radio in 1946. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure by 1962 or 61 when this came out. So that's my favorite. And you, had you ever heard that before? Mm-mm, not oh. that one. Only the punctuation thing. I really expected something, but I don't know how it would translate. Yeah, phonetic but... punctuation is the yeah. other one. So what'd you think? You liked it. You oh, thought yeah. it was nerdy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, that's just it. It's like that's the kind of thing that I was trying to figure out about language as a kid anyway. And right. Like, when I was studying comedy and thought I knew what I was talking about, that's the kind of shit I would have eaten right. up. Another thing he did that when I saw him live, and he also mm-hmm. does on this album, which is mm-hmm. great, his concerts start 8 o'clock. At eight, he walks out, and let me tell you why: because he likes to make fun of people showing up late. It's perfect, and it's on that album. Yes. A lot of it, making fun. Or, <laughs> are you here? Are you late for the early show? Are you early for the late show? <laughs> like that, just like very gentle. But he gets a lot of mileage out of that because mm-hmm. he's usually playing in these theaters as opposed to clubs. Yeah. So there's always like people having to get up and walk down. You know that. To, to walk down to get to your seats, and people have to stand up. So I remember he got a lot. It was always like, oh, that's interesting. Like he wants that to happen. Like yeah. if he, so you'll see at the beginning of it, he has a lot of bits about that. Yeah. My favorite, my second favorite thing he does, and I've never heard it on any other album of all the Victor Borg albums I have, okay. and I have six. He goes, guys, before the show tonight, somebody came up to me and said. I used to take piano <laughs> lessons with you. And I was like, what? I go, I don't remember. I mean, I, I've had so many students over the years. And then it was, and I didn't even recognize him. And he talks about how charmed he is that he would come to the show. And his, uh, he goes, would you come up on stage and play something? So the kid guy goes up. He goes, I don't even recognize you. It's so great. And then he plays uh, Blue Dan Ube, I think how you pronounce it. And, of course, plays it wrong <laughs> just enough. And then he plays it. But Borges' timing is so great. He's just like, waits, waits, waits. He goes, oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> like, it's so beautiful. It's really beautiful. So I love that bit. Like uh, just a whole setup thing with somebody else mm-hmm. in there. I thought that was great. And there's also just classical music he plays on this album. Right. Like there's a lot of like no comedy straight sure. on. He has another guy he does like a duet with and mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, so that's interesting as well. Like, I would never do that because I'm not as accomplished a piano sure. player as he is. But, sure. like, I thought that was interesting that he would do that. But I was like, oh, that's him. And I don't want to give. A, it's weird, like talking about the bits. <laughs> I know. But uh, I think overall, thematically, just as a comedian listening to him is like, I just feel like his timing was impeccable. Yeah. 
he's someone that never rushed anything. Mm -hmm. Like there's long, long pauses. And uh, somebody once said, like, that's the key to comedy is to be able to live in those pauses mm -hmm. without panicking. Yeah, right. And it's, yeah, you do comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, like somebody who does comedy, it's like it's terrifying when there's pause, oh, when there's course. silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrifying. And he, like, I think he really embraced it. And I wish I could be a little more like that. He's never pushing. He's never doing anything like yeah. that. So it's, uh, those are my two favorite bits on Borg's back. In, in, actually, in that bit in particular, yeah, yeah. right before he sets it up, he talks about what like, does he say? What does coming he say? into the, the, the country and how, how he was, like, penniless. And yeah, yeah. Oh, he almost does? starved. Play a number, please. Yes. And then if you can wait, I'd like to see you in the intermission. <coughs> Don't recognize him at all. He was a kid. 18 years. Marvelous. That's him. Don't be nervous, George. Nobody's ever going to ask you again. Thank you. Oh. Better. Pearls. That was the oyster itself. Play like a man, George. like another man. Thank you very much. Oh, I thought it was over. It is. Gee, how I wish I had starved. In 2012, Stolen Dress Entertainment brought you the feature-length mockumentary Looking Forward, the story of one 24-year-old man's presidential campaign, 12 years in advance of eligibility, and 16 years in advance of a good slogan. Now, in 2016, in anticipation of an historic election season, Stolen Dress Entertainment brings you the sequel, Looking Forward, 2016. For the next nine months, 14 of the story's central characters will present video blogs, bringing you their side of the story. On the day following the election in November, the strangest, most unorthodox film sequel in history will be completed. Visit LookingForwardMovie.com to see every video as it is posted and to watch the original film for free. Subscribe to the channels you like, retweet the characters, and share your thoughts on the Looking Forward page on Facebook. Looking Forward 2016. One campaign in pieces. And then right after this guy starts playing poorly, he's like, oh, how I wish I'd starved. And I thought oh, that was really, really dark oh, I don't and remember great. That line. It's such a great line. I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> like, it's so silly, but it's like, it's dark. And it's like, oh, that's good. He just, oh, I love it very much. Right. Um, and I didn't expect, that was the other thing too. It's like, I'm like, okay, what is going to happen? What is this guy going to do? Does it start with music first? But no, the first, there's two introductions. Because yes. it sounds like he's going to sit down and he doesn't. Right. That's it's all crowd work. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's crowd work. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's. What do you think of his crowd work? Because he doesn't really, he doesn't say what do you do for a living no. or anything like that. Well, he plays this like gentle grandpa type who's also got like it's not insult comic, right? But there's definitely he can poke a little bit, right? Uh, oh, no, that's true. Because the guy, oh no, don't they do the joke about what do you do? I'm trying to fix the parking situation. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, that's to the kid. Okay, <laughs> it is. So that was the other thing. I should have listened to this album <laughs> last week. I literally, I've not listened to this album long, but it's still very fresh in my mind. There's a lot of setup about the parking, which the audience is eating up. So I just right. Know so he's doing local the, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where the planning comes from <laughs> to get this guy who, by the way, pull, pulls it off. Because I I'm like, I know there's a bit coming, but I'm like. All right, I want to listen. He's a good actor, like the guy who's right, subtle. right, right. He, you, he's this far away from the mic, so he's yeah, like, yeah. okay, what the hell's going on? But yeah, I, it's it's perfect setup. It's really good. Setup. It's so beautiful. It was just like, and the first time I heard it, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, that's first of all, it's funny. He's playing a bad, and then oh, that's it. Like, <laughs> I just the I, I don't know. I just also I like those those kind of bits. I like those kind of bits. So um, yeah, he does a lot of crowd work, 
It seems like he's going to play the piano. That's another thing I kind of do mm-hmm. with him, which is I'll start and stop. Mm-hmm. The uh, that's totally stolen from him. Yeah, well, totally. it's, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's again, it's a timing thing. You, you know, you talk about the the sort of the living in the pauses thing. I was thinking about this the other day because yeah. I'm I am playing a part that Bob Newhart played first on stage twice this month, and. I am so afraid to do those pauses every time. Really? And I what do you don't mean? get a reaction. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Don't get a reaction. And so at least I don't think I'm getting the reaction. We're just doing Elf, right? It's not, oh, like, yeah. it's not his greatest th- work ever, but he's right. great in it. And uh, just doing a pause and playing with a pause and trying to imitate Bob Newhart, you're like, why is this not getting the laughs it gets? And like, oh, no, you have to build and build and build. And you do, like you said, you have to be so relaxed in that moment that it's you, really hard. you can't trust it. It's really hard to trust your instincts. And I, it's really I, hard. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, you, you know? didn't. So wait, they're doing a live read of Elf or recreation? What, yeah, every month I do a show called A Drinking Game where uh, the audience drinks, the cast drinks. It's a stage reading. We dress up. Usually 80s or 90s movies, but we're doing right. Elf because it's Christmas time. Right. And One of the great. I, I thought it was going to be James Caan. But they gave me new heart. What are your favorite Christmas movies? Just as oh, little... uh, honestly, a Christmas story is probably my favorite. A Christmas story it makes me so happy. I know every time. I even though I did watch it like most of, like twelve times. What's that the one What's the name of the guy that um, the radio guy who wrote that? Gene Shepard. Gene Shepard. Did you yes. ever listen? Uh, no, Jesse? I've wanted to buy his albums because he's got a couple albums out. Are they from the radio show? Or I think are they so. Separate things. I think so. I don't know. That's just it. I want to buy them to find out what the fuck is on them. Because yeah, I was a genius supposedly yeah. on the radio. Apparently, I've never heard. I would didn't. I'm not from New York, so I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of that stuff. But he's like 60s and 70s, right? I think he's a little before. Uh, yeah, I think. I would so. even be listening. That to album something. that I saw was from the 60s. So yeah, but apparently a real crank in real life. But like, yeah, not a bad yeah, guy, yeah, but a yeah. real crank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene <laughs> Shepard. Uh-huh. Yeah, is he still alive? Uh-uh. No. Okay. I think he passed in the 90s, probably. Okay, but he was like a forerunner of that. Kind of like creating theater in the radio by himself in a studio, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, in that like kind of like, does he do the narration of the movie? Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah, and he's in the movie very briefly. As what? Uh, he plays just one of the dads who tells Ralphie to get back in line. Oh, okay. And you would think you would notice, but you somehow don't notice. It's the exact same voice. He's not doing a voice, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's somehow you don't notice. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. So the Christmas story. Christmas story is my favorite Christmas movie. Mine would be. Well, I don't know if I have a favorite, but off the top of my head, and I don't know if you count, do um, you count Die Hard as a Christmas movie? I love that movie very much, but I do get tired of people calling it a Christmas movie. What about Lethal Weapon? Do you call that a Christmas movie? I haven't seen Lethal Weapon in a long time. I've forgotten there's even Christmas involved. Starts out with the Christmas song. I don't, I don't, I don't like Mel Gibson. He's you don't the, like Mel Gibson? He's from my hometown, Lawrence, New York. Lawrence? Yes. Right he's next to Oneonta? Yeah, that's where I'm actually yeah, from. Yeah, okay. And I've been vying for least racist filmmaker from Lawrence, New York, for a while. So I'm I'm just trying to compete with him because <laughs> I'm not you racist don't like at all. Braveheart? Oh, Braveheart's great. So you don't like anything post the arrest? No, I don't. I, was, I, don't, I don't. His art's fine. He's not, it's not like he's Bill Cosby. You ever see his Hamlet? You ever see his Hamlet? No, it's very good. That sounds weird. It's very good. Really? Yeah. Like acted well and everything. Yes. yes. I mean, it's one thing to act like you just got drawn and quartered or gutted I or whatever. But like, I understand freedom. I know. I you know. know. <laughs> I know. He's really. It's quite good. It's quite good. It's not. I mean, it's a bit of Hamlet's greatest hits. It's very condensed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's. I thought he did a good job. All right. I he, I, I'm, I'm going on a podcast. This is forever. Mm-hmm. I'm on. A, yeah. What am I on? A card? Where's this recording? Yeah, there's to? a card on there. There's tape. There's actually there's a reel to reel in there. No, there isn't. There's a card. Tiny, tiny reel to reel. There's a card. <laughs> Here's something that blew my mind. Yes. Then an empty SD card. Is that what's in there? Mm-hmm. How much does that hold? I think it's an 8 gig. 8 gig. Yeah. That an empty SD card. Mm hmm. Weighs the same as completely filled with information. That is interesting. That is interesting. That is I'm not, sorry. In in your brain, you you would think. <laughs> you would <yeah>. think. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think so. I think that it may, there might be it because it moves around. I don't think they like full. Yeah, like you could load it up with movies. I know. Or I don't understand how electricity writes a thing to a thing. I've never understood it. Dan, it's could pretty explain. amazing. We should have Dan on the pot on this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to go it's off. So off. No, it's fine. Okay, other yeah. Christmas movies that aren't those two. <laughs> um, obviously, it's a Wonderful Life. Sure, I love. That's yeah, a great movie. And um, 
I had to rediscover that movie, but I love it. You did? Yeah. I hated it as a kid because my mom hated it. And then Your mom hated it? My mom doesn't What's like schmaltzy, schlocky stuff. She likes dirty language yeah. and English people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gives you a real good picture of who she is, actually. That's a perfect <laughs> picture of my mother. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> hilarious. All yeah. right. I'm trying to think who would be, like, perfect, like right in her uh, wheelhouse. Like, uh... <laughs> I've got an album of Cockney, Dirty Cockney songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. she'd like. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's great. Uh Okay, so where where were we? Oh, yeah, I guess It's a Wonderful Life. It might be my favorite. Oh, I actually like the Santa Claus. I know yeah, that's, it's not a bad movie. You like Elf better. I don't know. I don't know about that. I grew up with the Santa Claus. I'd have to rewatch it to see if I still like it. Okay. It's okay. one of those things where I was like yeah. 14 when it came out. It might not be good. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. All right. Sorry to sorry to Derail get off of Victor Borga. <laughs> I could talk about Borga all night. I was just trying to... <laughs> For people who don't know who he is, are probably bored of us talking about this. No, guy. no, no. People will like it. Actually, you know, why, while we're saying he's not dirty, also one of my favorite jokes on it is so <laughs> stupid. A lady in the audience, he's he's taking requests. Right, right, right. And the lady says, "Titwillow." And this, by the way, how she says it, "Titwillow" by, uh, by not uh, fuck, not Rogers and Hammerstein, the English guys. My brain is so fucked right now. Either way, Titwillow. Right. And then he's writing it down. He says. How do you spell Willow? And that is just it's a great oh, that's beat. Great, it's such a that's great, great beat. It's so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. And then he actually goes off on it a couple more times. He does? A couple more, yeah, and I don't remember what they are, but it's, it's I fantastic. I have to re-listen to all his work. Yeah. He used to do a thing where he would give sheet music to the people in the audience. Mm-hmm. And then because he would walk out and he goes, does anyone like classical music? And people would applause and he'd like hand out <laughs> music to people. Just so silly. And then he would like... There was one part where he would rip up some music and then get it back and then play the song but couldn't finish it and then get the music back from the person and he would cut up the music and play it. It was just so creative, very creative with that piano. And, uh, yeah, he was just – I love that dude. I loved him. It's just weird to me, though, that that he turned – And he's never considered – like whenever I see a list of the great stand-ups, it's totally forgotten. Sure. Does comedy from 1940 in America, from the mid 40s on radio until the late what 90s? I think so. Yeah. Or maybe even early 2000s. Right. Like that's a really like 60 years. It's crazy. Specials thing. Mm-hmm. Never. Is it because he plays piano? Is I that, think so. Yeah. It, and because it's kind of part of his thing. Like I was thinking about it. Like I would classify it as stand up, at least from a comedy perspective. But some people might think, oh, it's variety, which I get because comedy could be variety then though. So comedy it's what still about comedy. Steve Martin. He yeah. Played a banjo. Exactly right. And he played it very well in uh, for a <laughs> yeah. couple you know what I mean? Like so it's I don't know. Yes, I think you're exactly right. Because he takes a couple breaks to play straight music. And that changes that he's not doing it just a st- like stand-up concert. I guess. To me, I'm fine with it, but I, I guess maybe some people don't think about it. But there's great if there's that good a comedy in it that is competitive with anything at the time, it's reasonable to go back. He and was on Broadway visit. for... Exactly. <laughs> Jackie Mason was on Broadway. Yeah. He didn't run for 500 performances. <laughs> right. Habanera. And then the next one was the... <laughs> Willow by... How does it go? <laughs> I meant the music. I mean the melody, not the words. I knew the words. I, I got it. Is that the one? Sorry, I don't know that one. All right. A-S-S. Oh, donkey serenade. <laughs> begin the begin. That's my t- that's my take on Borg. So anyway, this album Borg is back. For some reason, my parents had it, mm-hmm. and that's how I discovered it. It wasn't my first like as a kid. There was also a like a I don't know if, how nerdy you are. There was also a Warner Brothers. Looney Tunes album I used to listen to as okay. a kid. That okay. was like I think also seventy eights where you would like That's I'm hunting so for a wabbit. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to find out the, the name of that thing. And 
But the comedy albums when I was a kid were, again, like Cosby. Um, my, pa- my parents had Nichols and May. I don't think a 2,000-year-old man, obviously. Sure, sure. And then the ones I got into, which were the young comedians. It's just funny that you, them and Borga, though. Like, that Borga is I know. Is the I know. One. I'm into it. I'm into, I was into radio. I was, like, I was really into radio. That's good. Like Jack Benny. Sure. And uh, f- there was a guy, Fred Allen, mm-hmm. from Boston, who was incredible. And, um, yeah, I just really – and obviously Bergen and McCarthy – because I did ventriloquism in high school, I know. That's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Humiliating, but Oh, yeah, true. of course. Humiliating, but true, but yeah. true. Uh, yeah, so I guess I was kind of influenced by, like, the end. Now that I'm just talking to you about it, and I know we have to wrap up soon. Yeah, was like I think it was influenced by, like, the end of, like, that va- radio era. Mm-hmm. And it, to an extent, the vaudeville era, the... The big stars that made it through, like right at the end, mm-hmm. like the big vaudeville stars were all dead. Sure, by the time I was around, yeah. but Burl like got in right at the end of vaudeville, mm-hmm. right before he became nightclubs and all of that stuff. So I think it was like influenced by those guys, and then of course, as we said, Cheech Chong. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good combination to have, yeah. though. Like because I think were... it has that. Just as I've reflected, as you this album that I'll give you, which is like a compilation of my career. I'm just like, because I never really even gave it any thought. Mm-hmm. I was always just like, oh, what's the next joke? What do I do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like stepping back, I think, I don't know. I feel like I'm talking to myself too much, <laughs> about myself too much. No, this is, uh, this is about, usually. Okay. Episode one's more about the guest, I, usually. Oh, what does that mean, episode one? Are we going to do more than one? If you want to do more than one. You no, don't have to do this one. Is it. Okay, this understand. Is it. Understandable. <laughs> so kidding. <laughs> happy to do what you want. Uh, <laughs> Have you met other people in comedy, though, who know Victor Borga or into Victor Borga? I'm curious, because it seems like people would be too cool for school to listen um, like I was when I was 15. I don't know. I th- I know what you're saying, that he's like a parents, a comedian for your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get I get that. I get that. There's nothing edgy, there's nothing edgy about the guy. Sure. Except um, for Tit Willow. Tit Willow is pretty right, good. Right, right. Solid That's joke. Like, it's a solid joke. Willow. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Not many. Not yeah. many. Not the, no, but like comedians I mean, meet now, like Pete Holmes is their idol. Right. You know, so it's sure. like, I don't yeah, even yeah. know how to. Not that I love Pete Holmes. Sure. No, but of course. I'm just saying, but I know like, what you're saying. So I'm like, I feel like I'm five generations away from, you mm-hmm. know, what they would even know about as comedy. Right. Now, did you read Cliff Nesteroff's book by any chance? Not yet. He did the show as he was writing it, so I don't have Oh, really? A, I just need to finagle a way to get a free copy, and then you once that get, happens, I'll read it. Yeah, get a free copy, because that book is great. That's what I hear. That's it hear. is incredible. Yeah. And he really does a great job of drawing the lines of influences back from Frank Fay to sure. this, the, the world of hope to... Mm-hmm. Lenny Bruce, Louis C. I mean, it's just great. Yeah. It's really fun. That's awesome. No, I do want to read his book. i got to have him back on the show. Talk about making Yeah. Music. Have him, you know. What did he talk about? He talked about Dick Davey, who yes, I, I had only seen the albums, never heard any of them at all. I've never heard a Dick Davey it, joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I mean, great. He's, I thought I knew. Like, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys, too, that, like... But Dick he, Davey was the white guy that did the Black Rooms, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's great stuff. And, like, what was funny, too, is he got me... He can. He really possessed me to, like, the next week I was trying to find him because Cliff couldn't find him. And I was just researching, like, how the fuck can I... Like, I was calling people in New York right. and, like, trying to see what I could find out. And you know out. Jeff Abraham, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. He, he just did the show. Uh, we just finally aired his most recent episode last week, which was... Got us. Uh, we we dropped a Bob Newhart track that nobody had heard in 50 years. Oh right, years, I heard about that. Yeah, which got uh, one one outlet interested. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, internet. Sorry, I just I feel like it's a little more. I didn't do the I didn't do the legwork to get people to listen to it. I guess it's my fault. Blame right. me. Well, Jeff Abraham's awesome though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has his. In fact, I gave a lot of my comedy records to him. To him, that collection. Yeah, that, that collection's upsetting. It's yeah, do you huge. know anything about this? This is the most. She does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His archive the is gigantic. Arch- yeah, it's she- beautiful. Mm hmm. Uh, any other questions about Borga or comedy or Wayne or my album <laughs> or not my album or music or growing up in Florida? Sure. Tell, tell me something Adler. about Florida. Um, Studying acting with Stella Adler. Did you? Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Who, wait, who was just talking about Stella? We were talking about Stella Adler yesterday when we were interviewing Phil Proctor, but I can't remember what came up. Uh, so that's really of no interest to you. Right. Um, because good, I had nothing to contribute. It was a good sidebar. The mm-hmm. one nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. That's a big thing on this show. Is it? If it's my the sidebar. dead end sidebar? If it's my sidebar, yeah. Absolutely right. Okay. Uh, no, but like, okay, so if you don't know a whole lot of comedians who like, I mean, do you do you give a fuck that you've got your own unique interests? Do you care if you don't relate? You know, I mean, but I mean, I just. But this is the thing: is I am in a way where I was, and I wasn't making fun of Pete Holmes. I was just no. talking general. No, no, exactly what you're saying. But I have to say, like, as much as I love Victor Borga, like I love Bill Burr, like mm-hmm. I love yeah. Tig, like I just I love the whole. I love comedy from back then to today. Sure. But one of the points that Cliff brought up in the book, mm-hmm. which I think might be true, and I'd be curious what your opinion was, that his basic thing is just like. Comedy's generational as a rule. Mm-hmm. As a rule, mm-hmm. what you like is going to be different than what your parents like, and what sure. your parents like is going to be different than what their parents like, yeah. and it's going to be very hard to find even people who love Louis C.K. to love Lenny Bruce yeah. at that same level just because it kind of changes really quickly. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like there's like love and appreciate, and I, I feel like oh. there's a lot, you know what I mean? Like there's right. a lot of old stuff that I appreciate. Like, I, yeah. Because I love the Marx Brothers. You but do? Uh, yes. But there's some Marx Brothers stuff that I will appreciate because it's the Marx Brothers. Like, their later stuff is not great. Not at all. And it's hard. Like, I kind of like, we just did an evening with Groucho, which is good, but it's kind of hard to listen to. And it's, right, like, it's right. One of those, like, you're listening to an old man, like, just getting old on stage. And right. it's kind of rough. But I appreciate it because it's Marvin him. Hamlish it was yes. the company in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's good, and there are a lot of great bits in it. But? But he's old. Right. So you're th- they're there to appreciate this guy. So I've got to be there to kind of appreciate it, and I'm not going to disrespect Groucho Marx because I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's it's I, I that makes sense. The generational thing makes sense. But I like I do go out of my way because I I'm a nerd about this stuff to try and listen to stuff with some perspective. Like you know, like what would a 1930s person? Why is this fucking funny to somebody in the 30s? Like there's a couple great Smothers Brothers jokes that wouldn't track today at all. Right. Like uh, black is the color of, her, of my true love. My love's true hair is how they say it, and and only your hairdresser knows is the punchline. You only get that if you've heard the old commercial. And right, get right, it. right. And how I know that commercial, I have no idea. But well, I got another it. one that's so interesting along those lines is George Carlin's first album. It's called Takeoffs and yep. Put Ons. Mm-hmm. Is like he does bits about radio shows yes not radio i mean yeah. oh that's how old he is mm-hmm. like then when he was a kid he would listen to queen for a day and like those mm-hmm. are all radio shows yeah like pre-television mm-hmm. like from the late 40s or something when he was you know a kid so it's like like that's carlin yeah. i mean there's he's the king of the counterculture comedians i know and that's I, why i think is like it's it's even weirder that his his leap to being counterculture right. like worked I think it was the drugs. I think the drugs really <laughs> helped been. him. It could have been. I man. actually do. I and I don't do drugs. Sure. But I really think that was like he it put him in a different kind of headspace. Just like, all right, I gotta. And I've always wondered. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, did, please don't. Like how much of that transition was, uh, you know, organic, mm-hmm. and how much of it was just like. Oh, that's where the money's going to be. And sure, sure. I know what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I like they're not listening to big band music. They're listening <clears throat> to rock. They're not right. listening to this. The kids are kind of taking over here. Yeah. Suddenly my hair's long <laughs> and I'm no longer wearing a suit. And sure. I'm, yeah. I mean, there there is this story of this show that he basically walked off and yeah, said yeah. he wouldn't do it anymore. And I'm sure that was legit. But I mean, at the same time, like the, you, you don't have to change your image necessarily. So, you know, it's But he it's did change his image. For sure. But yeah. As well as suit and all that shit. Like is, even takeoffs and put ons. I didn't know this until I, I met Dan Pasternak. But yeah. I, I had the version where he's it's characters of him with scraggly hair and shit. The original one's pictures of him looking more like me oh, and, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. suit in just like 20 different versions of it. Right, 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 right. So, like a photo booth. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. So that, that like, so they re, rebranded him. So, you know. He rebranded himself. He did. But he kept He's doing the it, the ultimate rebrander. He kept doing it, though, like give Madonna his, style. Give me his later brands. What well, you, uh, you know, after that, after Hippie Guy, he became... What's that special? Uh, I think it's just a place for your stuff where it's just dude in sweater. Like he's just like right, kind right. of like I'm a sweet guy, yeah. but I'm graying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's fucking all in black and white ponytail and fuck everything. And it's, I know. it's so shocking. I agree. I don't like that. That I don't like his last 
what, 15 years, we're 8, 12 years. Yeah, that's not the stuff that I'm like, and this is no disrespect. And some people, that's their favorite of stuff. Course, of course. Of course. It's very, it's ranty. It's yeah. very like, fuck kids. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, that was a bit of it. Yeah, I know. Fuck kids. I know. I All know. right, Joe. Mr. Hambro will now play solo. They like my announcements. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, indeed. Mr. Hambro will now exhibit his great ability right in front of you. <laughs> Mr. Hambro will play some of the most famous numbers from the repertoire of the concert hall. First, Mr. Hambro will play the Rachmaninoff C-sharp minor prelude. Right. Secondly, Mr. Hambro will play... What is the other one you know? <laughs> oh, yes, the uh, hemorrhage... Humorous. Oh, humorous. <laughs> no. Whatever he plays, they're both by Dvorak. I do like his final album, though. Like, you do? Maybe it's sentimental, but, like, I do think it's great, and I think the message, like, his message was always the same, but, like, the anger made it hard for me to listen to. So I listened through the final album, and I'm like, I, the message made it through more. And what was the he, message of his final album? It was still just, like, be kind to everybody. It was a hippie fucking message oh, buried in anger, okay. you know? And it was, like, it's, uh, shit, is it called It's Bad For You? It's just, like, yeah. everything's bad for you. You're going to die eventually, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So fucking, you know, just live this life right. And it was a perfect weirdly prescient message and but somehow it is again it could be sentimental reasons right, that I right, like right, it so right, much right. I'll it give it another try because that last I couldn't I couldn't want and yeah and I met him a couple times during that period sure couldn't have been nicer yeah. more uh, uh non-assuming sure supportive of me like mm -hmm. just like stuff I would never in a million years think. A, that guy who was just on stage like I like to watch people die in typhoons. <laughs> that's fun for me. You know, like. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, like, one thing I want to dig deeper on is, like, what the character meant. Like, because right. there was a character, but also, like, that shit was clearly building up in him, too. You know? I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, it came from somewhere. Yeah. But I think it was more, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out one day because it's, it's interesting. I know he didn't want to just do observational anymore. Sure. I think he was really tired of. That stuff. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's an exhibit at the Grammy Museum with a couple cases of Garland stuff. Shit, down really? To it. Yeah. Uh, I should go to that. Yeah. There's the Sinatra thing is the big one, and then okay. there's a couple, and the unbelievable letter from his mom to him. That's really? In, I blew my mind. Really? It's beyond supportive. That's awesome. It was like, you're greater than this. You can do this. You're not awesome. a Rickles or a thing or a uh, Buddy Hackett. And, like, <laughs> keep doing your dream. Someday people will find out what you're – like, Shit. my mom never talked to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> never. It's crazy. So it was like, oh, he had, like, his mom in his corner. Yeah. Like, she was in his corner. Mm -hmm. Like, that was – I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like I, I, that's why I never know what to make of some some characters. Like, right? Uh, no, you're right. He did rebrand himself a few times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For all we know, Victor Borga beat up cats with baseball bats, so he could have been these. <laughs> I'm just gonna start the rumor here. Oh, I mean, that and Wayne Fetterman likes everything that Mel Gibson's ever done. Right? That that's uh, are you on the record. <laughs> that is not true, but I do like. I do feel like he gets. Since that incident, I yeah, feel like people forget like he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, no, he and is. and director. He no, he is absolutely great. Yeah, you know, uh, and I love I. Uh, from what I remember, I like Forty Eight Hours. Is there, no, Forty Eight Hours. Christ, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That one. That one with the two guys. Um, so <laughs> that one you, with the black guy and the white guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see color. Do you? Okay. <laughs> do you want to talk about your album? Since it's your first album, since you've done comedy, and when did you start comedy? You said 82 I, 82 is 82. when I passed the thing. But I was doing ventriloquism in high school. Does that count? Starting? Yeah, I think it counts. People always, when they tell their story about how I got started in comedy, it was like I was fucking dancing on the stage in vaudeville and I was two. You know, like, that's fine. Yeah, but I feel like that's a professional thing. Me doing a talent show at South Plantation High School. I don't know. 
I don't think counts as being in show business. It's up to you. I mean, I, you, that, I, will, I will not count it. Okay, but do, do not count it. But I've always been interested in sure. it. Sure. Yeah. And so 82 issues when you feel like that's when. Right. Okay. And and now, like, virtually anyone in show business went to high school. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a time mm-hmm. when I was a kid, like Sammy Davis Jr., he's like a fifth grade dropout. You yeah. know, these guys, yeah. they just ne- they were on the road and, like, that's their life. That was their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No protective services back then. They were just like, right. That's what we do. Um, I don't want to really want to talk about it that much. It's a three CD mm-hmm. compilation called "The Chronicles of Fetterman." Mm-hmm. The first track is from 1984. It's awesome. That's my first joke. Is about the 84 Olympics. We're out here in LA, mm-hmm. and then the last stuff is from 2015, which is this year, almost over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just bits uh, from recordings I've archived over the years never thought i would ever release them ever yeah and then had the idea took a couple years to kind of uh put it in order and then the big thing was audio restoration because some of those recordings were had all weird sounds and all through it and i was able to clean up all of that stuff that's awesome there's been sort of a revolution in audio restoration where it used to be a hundred thousand dollar process right and now you can learn it and buy the software for like a grand. Exactly. So it's, but it's a learning curve. So I learned how to, I did it all myself. Did it yourself. Shit. Okay. And, uh, but I did go out to, there's a guy, I can't think of his name, unfortunately, but the guy that does it for Disney uses mm-hmm. the same software. Okay. And he's their main guy. And I was like, can I get a private lesson just mm-hmm. to see how you do it? He's like, yeah. Because two hour minimum, $75 an hour. I'm like, I'm in. All right. So I spent 150 bucks, went out and just watched him, brought some samples. Like, how would you clean that up? What do you see? Yeah. Because it's all kind of seeing it as well as hearing yeah. it. Yeah, of course. Because it's, it's sort of like Photoshop for audio. Mm-hmm. So you can really, like, kind of carve out these different spectrums. It's really, it's great. Awesome. It's great. So that's it. And then it's just, uh, it's been out. I did the Tonight Show, as I said earlier. And it was just listed on uh, one of the top ten albums of the year. That's awesome. Paste magazine. I don't know. That's great. This this has been a weird year for multiple. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. You and Eugene Merman, like. I feel and like also right um, the uh, oh, which made that list as well. Eugene has I like really a ten that. thing. I want that so bad. The Eugene Merman. Yes, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And then the uh, what? Bill Hicks. The complete Bill Hicks is oh, out this year. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. That should yeah. be interesting and really Which is weird, which is great, to. because I opened for Bill Hicks once. Did you? Yeah. Shit. At Igby's. That's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, oh, we're competing against each other now. That's, uh, he's another guy who, well, he never really rebranded. He was always kind of He was always that Bill guy. fucking yeah, Hicks. Bill, he was always Ooh. Hicks. He was always Hicks. That's funny. But I remember he had a thing that we talked about, bonded over, which was uh, he hated, and I didn't, wouldn't use the word hate, but I didn't like uh, when comedians would walk on stage and say, how you doing? Like he, <laughs> he just thought that was, like, have an opening line. Yeah, yeah. And I never I never said, how you doing, ever to an audience. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Like, how you doing, what difference does it make? Yeah. Like, do some jokes. Right. Let's see how we're doing. Mm-hmm. We'll find out soon enough. And he was like, Federman, you do that thing? He was like, I hate when people, I go, yeah, I, I get it. I don't do it either. Mm-hmm. He always thought it, like, branded someone an amateur. When they I get did that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I know. To like have it. that fucking streak in you and to know what's right and wrong. Like, <laughs> no, as far as you're concerned, yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. the He's whole time. He was Good God. Yeah, but he was he was funny, dude. He was funny. His his bit, my favorite bit of his, I think probably is everyone, is the one about the uh, marketers. Do you know that bit? Oh, yeah. That's the first thing I think of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I think that's his best bit, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And also he does a bit about... And we'll close on this. This was the, uh, what was it? Oh, it was about teaching kids about gay parents in school. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there's this book called, uh, like, Bobby has, a, you know, Bobby and his dad or something like that, or the two dads or something like that. And he was like, this book is just horrible. Just mm-hmm. like, I don't know why we're exposing kids to this. This is completely wrong. However, um, Lisa has two moms is really a fetching read. I really enjoyed. Like, <laughs> of, course, so, of course, of course, it's fucking fantastic. It's so great. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, he was uh, he was something else that guy. So yeah, so we're both on the charts together. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Borg is back. What's a good reason to listen to it if you've never listened to Victor Borgo? Three reasons. All right, three reasons. One, 
you get to hear comedy done in a theater as yeah. opposed to a club. Yeah. So it's a different vibe. It's a different rhythm. The audience sometimes jokes take it a little longer to to land, and he allows mm-hmm. that all to happen. Two, uh, you get to see the what I said earlier about taking time on stage like someone who doesn't push mm-hmm. who does a very relaxed uh presentation and three uh i guess just the um, how amazing it is this was a person who grew up in english wasn't his first language yeah and how much of his material is based on language even that tit joke kind of, you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's just like it's very it's <laughs> Very precise, and obviously, if you like classical music, like you learn a little bit about Lieberstein and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some of his jokes are really silly. I mean, they're silly, oh, yeah. like you know, he does a joke like, like, um, like uh, Mozart wrote this song in four flats because he moved four times, right? When he, you know, right. silly, yeah, silly stuff Great like though. that, it just lands really hard. And he, just a legendary comedian who's just. If you want to know the history of American comedy, I feel like he's a big part of it, and especially if you're into music and comedy, yeah. which is something I'm into. Sure. Like, so those would be the three reasons. That's perfect. Three and a half. Well, uh, where can people find you, for one? I'm on the Twitter, mm-hmm. at Fetterman. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then just WayneFetterman.com. I have a, a website, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, that's where I have my dates and stuff like that. Awesome. You can contact me either way there, and we can talk comedy. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you for being here, number one. You're welcome. Thank you for making me listen to something new. And not everybody... the album something, not the Beatles album. No, not the Beatles album. Yeah. No, okay, because no. I would have made you listen to Beatles 65 <laughs> or mm-hmm. Abbey Road. Sure. would be my first two before something new. I can new. see that. I can see that. You know, something new isn't even like an album. No. Isn't even a B. It's just a capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right thing. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, No, but thank you for coming and introducing me to this. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the way we played Mozart in London. Be kind enough not to kick me, please. (laughs) Particularly not in my Mozart. I mean, (laughs) when we have the audience sitting so close to my piano bench, and don't take chances.